Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Afternoon. At the tone, Pacific Daylight Time will be... It's 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. One step closer to my own personal hell. This is Primetime on Sports Radio 1080 The Fan. We expect the best. We're not afraid to break someone. Do you hear me? Primetime is your source for the best in local, regional, and national sports. Go ahead and clap. Mediocrity deserves applause. Isaac Rob, I'm miserable. I had to get up at 10 o'clock this morning. Jason Sakanit. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. Primetime on 1080 The Fan. All right. Welcome back. Hope you're having a nice, juicy little Friday. Asada. It's your sports bros, Rob and Souk. I'm Rob. Asada. Big Souk's right over there. Right here. Asada. We've got a... Uh, um, Buck? Buck over there. There you go. Well, hello there. Joey Harrington will join us at 5.30. We will talk about whatever comes to mind. Well, story time, right? We don't really plan these these uh, these story times. No, we're just in the midst now of just things yeah. happening. We'll see where it goes, yeah. Yeah. the conversation. Coming up tonight in the club, we will have to discuss uh, whether or not you recline your seat on an airplane. Had one of those uh, flying back from New Orleans. We had a situation. Yeah, it's becoming a thing. Yeah. Somebody went viral. It's not universal anymore. It used to be no, accepted, isn't. and now I think it's more of a situational-based thing. Well, yeah. you know who's to blame, don't you? Uh, probably Boeing. Yeah, big airline. Yeah, because aren't the spaces smaller exactly. now? Exactly. People haven't changed. They're just taking our space well, slowly but surely. Changed. You know we're getting bigger and bigger. Uh, okay, that that yeah. part that much is true, but yeah. they are also trying to squeeze every nickel and dime out, so they're making it less comfortable for everyone, making you pay more for that space. When you shrink everything down, how many extra seats are they squeezing in on those things? That's like, a great question. I don't know the answer. Are you squeezing in like an extra row? You get like six extra seats per flight? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends what kind of size jet you're starting with and then go from there, but I don't know. Well, I like to blame everything on Boeing these days. <laughs> so go with, Let's go with that. We're going to go with it. I did fly my, uh, it wasn't an Alaska flight, but on my way back from New Orleans, we were on one of the 737 MAX. You whatever. were? We were. And you better believe I was oh looking for God. the damn cutout. I How was are like, you alive? I was like, what is happening? 
<laughs> yeah, I looked at the little say the the lady next to me was looking at the safety card, and I saw that it was the the max whatever eight slash nine a or whatever, and I was like, oh boy, <laughs> I did. I was looking around to see if I could see the door plug, but where I was sitting, I I couldn't. And then I now was about it, it was it abnormally empty the flight? No, because a lot of people are avoiding those planes. No, I was actually it was full. quite it was quite full. Yeah, so no one cares. I don't know. I mean, the flight down there, uh, and I don't know what the the plane was going down, but yeah, going down, it was empty, but coming back, it was jam-packed. All right. Well, that's what we have coming up tonight. Uh, Probably some other stuff, sports and all that. Uh, Right now, the Hot Five at Five. Hot topics, hot opinions. Oh, darling, I'm hot today. And hot air. It's time for the Hot Five at Five. That's hot. The Hot Five at Five on Primetime with Isaac and Sue. No, I mean it. That's very hot. The Hot Five at Five with Isaac and Sue. Brought to you on the fan by Victorico's Mexican Food, the most popular burrito spot in Oregon. Online at victoricos.com. Number five. Well, one of the biggest uh, NFL free agents, and NFL free agency will begin shortly, uh, is Bucks receiver Mike Evans. Yep. The report is that he plans to explore free agency. That'll be weird because Mike Evans is, I mean, and I don't know if people view him this way. You can make the argument he's the greatest Tampa Bay Buccaneer of all time. I mean, he has had quietly one of the best careers of of any receiver ever. I mean, I think what is it? It's ten straight thousand start thousand yard seasons. There's a Super Bowl mixed in there. I mean, he certainly is the best wide receiver in Buccaneers history. So when you talk about great Buccaneers, it's like Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp. It's Mike Evans, and it'll be weird to see him Boy, somewhere I, else. I can't say that I knew he had ten straight thousand yard seasons. He has never had less than a thousand yards. No. He's the portrait of consistency. Yes. Like Travis Kelsey is for tight ends. He Dude, just that's nuts. and we just don't we don't. We just don't think about him when we talk about the best receivers in football. And and he's got a Super Bowl. What more do you want? And by the way, last year, when they were like, well, we don't know if we want him around anymore. He's getting a little older. Number 79 four. catches, 1,200 yards, 13 touchdowns. Uh, by the way, they're saying that he is talking to the Bucks, yeah. but he also wants to look around. Yeah. Which, you know, I yeah, can't I get blame it. him. He's, Mike Evans is greatness. The Trailblazers are in Memphis tonight and tomorrow trying to snap that nine-game losing streak. The Grizzlies, uh, they're not very good. They're just 7-22 and 22 at home. But pretty much everyone for the Blazers is out. Yeah. So Tank, 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 tank. I was worried about like these back-to-back games in Memphis when the over-under was in doubt. I, nah, there's at least a split coming here. At least a split. At least and, a split. you know, you think? These, they keep ruling guys out. It's wonderful for us. <laughs> yeah, they're... Dude, it, no one has no one has waved the white flag quite like. Yeah, they got to get one here, right? One of these, like they're not going to lose every game the rest of the way. They got to get a game we like this. We can hope. I just, I'm confident that they're going to lose one of these. I'm fine. All right. Uh, Celtics lead the Mavericks. Good little matchup in Boston tonight. First quarter is 36-28. Luca is out there. Yeah. And the Warriors are losing to the Raptors. <laughs> Did you see any of Chet and Wemby last night? Yeah, I saw the highlights. Lord. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, that's it's boy. That, <laughs> that's going to be fun in the future. Yes, it is. I thought you mentioned Warriors are uh, north of the border. I saw that their plane had mechanical failure and couldn't leave New York till five a.m. and they got in at seven a.m. They're playing tonight. Quit making excuses. excuses. Well, I'm okay. Buck. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just telling a sports story. Bitch. <laughs> Why you put that in your leading the charge report? Your Warriors are a bunch of whiny mm. bitches about flights. Hey, hey uh, the you scan. guys are producing for me today. I love this. 
Yeah, we got you. The scan came back clean on the elbow of Mariners reliever Matt Brash. They're saying it's just inflammation. Uh, he's going to start throwing again next week. Oh, that's good. But the start of the season, uh, he'll be on the IL. Yeah, but that that's really good news, although he'll probably still have Tommy John. Yeah, because I, I any time someone ever says potential Tommy John, I just assume. Because you see that sometimes they're like, oh, it's not as bad as we thought, and then a month later, Tommy John. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Mariners are out of the gate just one and four. But, of course, Julio's been out because he's it's, hurt. It's spring training. Does anyone? Hey, it's, it's a big deal. Hey, what? how many? If you're trying to win 50, 54% of your regular season games, is like spring training like 32%? Well, they lost again today, 10 to 9. So oh they're now my God. 1 in 5. Panic. Panic in the streets. Fire. Are you out of your mind? Scott Service. Three college football rules changes are coming. They have all been proposed. Now, formal approval of these won't be until April, but uh, the competition committee has approved helmet communications. Yeah, the whole Michigan thing and the signs dealing exactly. Just put the damn yeah. com in the helmet and problem solved. Yep. Also, uh, we'll, that soon to be approved will be in-game tablet use and a two-minute warning in college football. Yeah, it's like the Microsoft tablets that you see all the quarterbacks having. On yeah, the so sidelines. Tom Brady can throw it. There you go. Remember I, that? Yeah, I do remember that. That was awesome. This is like the. I can't believe college football took this long to figure these stupid things out. They move slow. Yeah, they do. Those dum dums. Number one. And more NCAA news. Stealing the headlines today. Yet another courtroom loss for the NCAA, and they have told their enforcement staff to halt all investigations into booster-backed collectives or other third parties making NIL compensation deals with college athletes. Basically, to cut through uh, all the BS, the NCAA came out today and said that they have no way to enforce this. There's, They don't want to do this, but there's nothing they can do. And so if you are an NIL now, third party, you can basically do whatever you want. There are no more rules. There are no more regulations. Not that anyone was following those anyway. No, but at least there was some sort of attempt at trying to keep things someone on the rails and now you don't have to because they just the ncaa folded up their tent today and said like there's literally nothing we can do it's kind of it's kind of crazy because they said that even if they try to enforce laws they just they're going to lose in the courtroom so they're basically begging for help now saying that college football as a as a whole has to get together and all collectively come up with something they said that basically these things have to happen in an NCAA meeting room because they can't happen in a courtroom because they keep getting their asses handed to them. And if you don't know this, this is where the NCAA tried to investigate Tennessee, the volunteers, for NIL violations. And Tennessee got their attorney general to sue along with Virginia. And they basically won. And so the NCAA quit today. And any NCAA regulation as we know it in this world is over and dead this is a landmark deal in college football if you want like a we've, we've been talking about this all the different cases that are going through the courts and what they could mean this is a big domino for college football this is this is a really really uh bad or good blow for the progression of college football depending on what you view the future of college football to be so one thing i didn't put in the hot five because it's not really news but the scuttle from the combine is that we already have a team willing to trade up into the top three 
for a quarterback. Ooh. And that team is the New York Football Giants. Oh, so that $43 million you gave Daniel Jones is yes. no longer... Uh... Sounds like they want to replace Daniel Jones. Yeah. It's, and I'll be interested because, you know, there there could be... You know, if you're the Bears and you're not in love with Caleb Williams, imagine the Bears trading down to two or three and then trading out of two or three again. They could walk away with 97 first-round picks. Yeah, they could. If they wanted to keep Justin Fields. Yeah, they certainly could. They could pay him and then just yeah, they just, do the opposite of the big money or the of the rookie quarterback with, that makes no money, and then yeah. you pay a bunch of guys. To have an entire team full of rookies and yeah. then a quarterback. Yeah, and then pay your quarterback $800 million. Yeah. And everyone else makes rookie deals. Because someone would move up well, to, to get one, and then another team would move up into two or three to, yeah. to, to get your other picks. They're saying for New York, though— because they're already at number six, so yeah. they could get a quarterback at number six. But yeah. if they like one of the guys in the top three, they're just saying that the price tag for a top three pick this year is just going to be astronomical. Yep. Well, I mean, Chicago has basically said that if you want to even sniff around, the price starts at what they did last year, which is two ones, two twos, and DJ Moore. I mean, think about like a number one receiver, two firsts, and two seconds, and that probably doesn't get it done this year. But that's the starting point to move up and in, in, into the number one spot. I mean, that's boy. I'll tell you what. You better think Caleb Williams is the second coming of Jesus if you're giving that up. So, how did the Bears get the number one? What was that deal? What do you mean? Because it was they got this pick from Carolina. The Carolina Panthers. Carolina yeah. is the worst team in football, and so Carolina no, moved. Know, but... Carolina moved up last year to the number one pick to oh, take to Bryce, take... Bryce that's, Young. That's right. So that's right. the Bears have their pick, which is what nine. And then they have Carolina's pick. So think about that. If you're Carolina, you gave up, <laughs> you gave that up to draft Bryce, Bryce Young. Young, and that did not that has no, not looked good no, so far. No, that's <laughs> this it, now. It, if it were Stroud, you'd be like, okay, yeah, you're fine. You well, got then, CJ Stroud, but Carolina potentially could be staring at arguably the worst draft day deal of all. Do you think that's time. why Frank Wright got fired? Was, yes. You think he was one of the guys that said it was Young over Stroud? I. If Frank, it, it clearly he either got they turfed him like midseason. Yeah, so either he got fired because of his role in that, or he got fired because maybe he was like, "Dude, I told you not to draft this kid. He was you drafted him anyways, and and what do you want me to do with him?" He was also not so subtly taking jabs at ownership and meddling and things like that. Like he, he was saying publicly, "Well, when you have a lot of opinions in the room and stuff like that," and it it, it didn't seem like that landed very well. Or he might have been one that said, "Is I'm telling you guys, it's not Bryce Young. It's not Bryce Young. It's not Bryce Young." Yep. And then they take Bryce Young, and Bryce Young sucks, and they're like, "You're out." And he's like, "We'll see." What did I tell you? They're like, right. "Well, we can find someone exactly. who can work with him." Yeah, just it. It makes you look like such an ass clown that C.J. Stroud is just killing it mm. right now. Meanwhile, mm. your guy can't see over the line, and just mm. it's just bad. There was nothing that mm. Bryce Young did all year that gave you any sort of faith, and it's not his fault that C.J. Stroud is bad. But when the guy behind you is that good, it, it just makes your failure. That much more, um, I don't know, it, it illuminates it. The Hot Five Five is brought to you by Victorico's Mexican Food, the most popular burrito spot in Oregon. Order now at victorico's.com. The Jim Harbaugh Tales, next on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. 
Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Joey Harrington will join us coming up next. I'm going to ask him if he believes in any conspiracy theories, if he thinks pigeons are real. (laughs) I'm guessing he's going to be thrown off by that. Those scientists better check their hypotenuses, dude. ESPN.com had an article today on, uh, it's titled, well, it just says, former players share stories of Chargers coach Jim Harbaugh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not a very uh, compelling title. No. uh, It got me to click on it. You know? That's all that matters. What would you have titled it? I did not read this. I don't know, like, I don't know. The psycho within. That's what I'm going with. Ooh, I like that. But I clicked on it. I'm like, ah, oh, Harbaugh's interesting to me, and I'm sure there's, you know, some pretty good tales. Sure. I mean, I, we all we're all familiar with some of the stories, the sleepovers, and the, you know, it, Jim Harbaugh is a he's an interesting guy, very intense guy, slapping Jim Schwartz on the back, and you know, the a lot of milk and. You know, Arba's uh, still brings his glove to MLB baseball games to catch foul balls. Yeah, he's a character. His whole family doesn't really like him. <laughs> so the uh, the guys at San Diego, I think David Bakhtiari was at San Diego, or maybe it was no, it says Eric Bakhtiari. Uh, he played defensive end at San Diego. I assume that's David's brother. Possible. I mean, that's a pretty interesting last name. If you know, coincidence of the Bakhtiaris. Yes. Um, he, so that he was at San Diego and when they first got him at San Diego, they were all like, no way, freaking Jim Harbaugh is going to be our coach. Yeah. And they're like, he said, Captain Comeback, because he was Captain Comeback when he played. Yeah. And they were like, wow, we're going to get Captain Comeback? At that time, they didn't know that, I mean, all this stuff we know of Harbaugh now. Yeah, he was just a... He was a new coach. It was like... Yeah. He was in the NFL as a QB's coach and stuff and he went to San Diego and, and, uh, Bakhtiara said he still looked like he could play. He had a big chiseled jaw. He walked around with that intensity. And um, one day, he said they said he came in and he shook the entire culture up. He said one of the first changes he implemented was how the team trained, and he made him run this big giant hill on campus mm-hmm. at uh, USD. And uh, he said it would take players about a minute to get to the top. And it said on one occasion, Harbaugh joined the team in the sprints, leading the group for each rep. 
Some players were too tired to keep up and began hiding in bushes or standing off to the side <laughs> because of the amount of reps and fast pace with which Harbaugh was leading. And Harbaugh felt the effects too. Quote, he was full speed up the hill, turned to the left, threw up, got a little bit on his windbreaker on his shoulder and his arm, never broke stride, never said anything about it. He acted like nothing happened. It was like the vomit was an inconvenience to his goal. Oh, my gosh. From that day forward, the team deemed that hill Harbaugh Hill. <laughs> there was a, when Bronco Mendenhall uh, was the coach at BYU, there's a big Y up on the on the mountain, and they, yeah. would, they would hike the Y. And that was the same sort of thing. Bronco would, would beat most of the guys. That was like his deal. You know, one, he's named Bronco. But yeah, it's always a coach power move when they're like, you know. And you know Harbaugh just, he had been he'd been training for that thing in secret for months, ready to show some dudes up. Well, he puked. Yeah, he puked, but, you know, shrugged it off. Um, and I do remember, like, Harbaugh now looks like an old man. But remember when we first saw him at Pacto Media Day, whatever that was, 15 oh, yeah. years ago? Harbaugh looked like a million bucks. He, he wasn't wearing the khakis and the... No. Like, he was, a, he was like, he in a suit, a suit, and he was sharp. Yeah. And now he's like, I have some pictures of us interviewing him. Do you? Mm-hmm. Like he looks, he has aged terribly. <laughs> well, he's starting to turn into his dad. Yes. Yeah. And he remember he's, he always had it when he would take a shirt off and he would still wear the khakis and the black belt and you know. Well, they they're saying so one of the other stories that was on here was the Michigan weight room. They mm-hmm. said that it was not uncommon that you would find him in the workout room working out in khakis and a polo <laughs> and his whistle and cap and <laughs> I I don't like Jim Harbaugh, but I love some of the stories. The idea of him just going into the weight room and firing off some 135 reps while in coaching garb, whistle dangling around. You said 135. They said they put 225s (laughs) on the bench. 225s and 245s on each side. That's what it says. Oh, look look at Harbaugh getting Chris Jenkins said that. We had Harbaugh getting after it. Yeah, in his his khakis, dude. (laughs) I remember in his khakis in San Francisco, we did a whole story on how he was upset in cold weather playoff games on the road that he couldn't get good enough footing, so he started wearing cleats on the sideline. Yeah, and he still does. That's yeah. the Joe Paterno thing. Yeah, you want to know how old you are? Yes, you're wearing cleats, cleats. and khakis. Yeah, that is that is. Full. What if he's just morphing into Joe Paterno? Like he shrinks like six inches. He gets a mighty hump. He wears those big thick ass glasses now. He's becoming Joe. If he poops his pants, <laughs> oh my god, we have we have Joe Paterno. Another one said. Um, at San Diego, he got mad that they weren't playing for anything when they played Dayton, their rival. I don't know why they're... Dayton's the rival of yeah, San Diego? had no idea. I couldn't tell you. Um, but apparently they had won just one game against Dayton since joining the, the league that they joined in 93. So Harbaugh made it matter to them by creating a... He created a flag to take to the game. He ran out, he ran out on the field with the flag... One side had Dayton's colors and the other side had USD's colors. Yeah. And he was like, and, and the, one of the players said, and Harbaugh goes to their coach. Harbo goes over to their coach. Oh, by the way, we made this flag. This is what we're playing for every year. We obviously get to keep it because we've won two years in a row. And the coach is confused and like, well, I, I have to think about it, coach. Well, San Diego would beat Dayton again the following year before Harbaugh left for Stanford after three seasons. So then San Diego lost for the first time in four years. And they came over and took the flag and ripped it up. 
<laughs> and then Bakhtiari said, I think it's in someone's garage now. They never ended up playing for it again. <laughs> they were so mad. But it was cool, man. He artificially created this trophy game, but it got us all pumped. We were all about that flag. I'm desperately trying to find a photo of this flag <laughs> because I want to believe that Jim Harbaugh just like had his wife like take an old quilt well, this- and just, just make this absolute horror show of a, of a flag. This is kind of what Bob Diaco did at UConn where he insisted they had a rivalry with Central Florida. Right, And yeah. they played for the Civil Conflict Trophy. And then I think it was Scott Frost was coaching Central Florida. They won it and they're like, yeah, we don't care. And they left it on the sidelines. They just <laughs> let, they didn't even take it home with them. They're like, no, this isn't a thing. Nothing can take the steam out of some, like a rivalry than one side. Not like, caring. We're not doing this. <laughs> That's something Rop would do as a head coach. That is a 100% uh, Rop and Heimer move. What? Move there. You would be playing your rival for some sort of trophy, and you're like, yeah, whatever. We're not taking Cares. that. And the reporter <laughs> asked it. him, what, is, what does it feel like to be bringing that trophy back home? Yeah, we left it on the field. We don't, we don't care. What trophy? <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't give a rip. Another one on here is talking about the, the famous Jim Schwartz game. Yeah, I was, yeah he, he slapped him on the back. Yeah, this says, Harbaugh said in a recent interview that he and Schwartz never had any prior issues, but that one started during the game when he felt that Schwartz was insulting him. That was a big game. I guess the Lions were 5 and 0 that week and the Niners were 4 and 1. Okay. Week 6. And um Lions quarterback Matt Stafford threw a touchdown pass to Brandon Pettigrew in the first quarter and Harbaugh said it wasn't a legal catch. Well, all touchdowns are reviewed by officials, but Harbaugh threw his challenge flag anyway and he got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for it. And so the touchdown stood, but the Niners were penalized 15 yards and so Swartz, I guess, waved his arms to the crowd like get loud and and apparently he yelled over to Harbaugh, like, know the rules. Huh. Which I think is weird that you're yelling from the other sideline and he can yeah, like, hear really, you. you can, there's no way. Yeah, that's what In it says. NFL stadium? And so then Harbaugh said, yeah, I took a little offense to that. And that's what the hard handshake was all about. Wow. So boy, I there's the story behind something that. Something tells me Jim Harbaugh takes everything personally and everything hard. Like, he, you tell me that guy ever lets anything go. I mean, at all. That guy, you imagine being married to that guy, <laughs> having that guy be your your dad or your brother. I well, mean, good Lord. I heard stories. I heard his brother interviewed, John interviewed about it. And he, the two things that stood out is that he said that, like, when they go, like, home for Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever, they still play basketball out in the yard. Oh, yeah. And Jim, like, won't leave until someone's bleeding. And then the, he said the other thing <laughs> is that him and his brother used to always, like, wrestle and fight at the beach. And, the, and then he said one of these times that, they were in their teenage years. He said Jim was holding his head underwater, and for a couple good seconds, he thought, oh, my God, my brother's going to drown me and kill me right here. And he's like, that's the last time I wrestled Jim. Unbelievable. Yeah, pretty competitive. <laughs> and yet, it it works for him. I mean, he, look at where he's gotten. So here's the last one. He, he was uh, uh, with the Niners, and Alex Smith was hurt. And so uh, they said that the team... It was an odd day because before the team went out for practice, they were told that Jim Harbaugh would not be at practice, and no one told him why. But they knew Smith wouldn't be there either because he was hurt. Mm -hmm. So they were like, this is weird. We're practicing without our coach or our quarterback. Like, what the hell's going on? So then as uh, they walked out uh, to the practice field, they saw a player wearing number four. Oh, boy. And they assumed the team had signed a quarterback. No, because of Smith's injury. I know where this is going. And when they got closer, they realized that the player was actually Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> he suited up. To do what, scout team? Yeah. Yeah, he would have run well, the scout yeah. team. 
They said he was clad in 49ers practice gear with throwback ankle-high apex cleats. Oh, boy. And you Harbaugh know, those greeted, were his personal apex cleats, by the way. He, he greeted players as if they... He, he said, Harbaugh greeted players as if this was standard procedure and went through practice and conditioning with his team. Like, he just picked up his old role as a as a backup QB at one point late in his yep. career and said, yeah, I'm just going to run this like it's a normal thing. Yep. And one Amazing. of the players said, that made people realize he's one of us. <laughs> I think all the guys bought into that, and that's what I think made them realize, like, he is for us, not against us. And, you know, dudes really started falling in love with him at that point. Yeah. Well, you say what you want about him, but it the guys that play for him swear by him. They love him. Who's got it better than it's us? It's always the Nobody. admins and the GMs and the yeah. owners that can't handle him. I mean, he wears out his welcome places, but it's not usually because of the players. No. All right, uh, we got a break. Joey Harrington is coming up next for Storytime. Here is Buck with SportsCenter. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Story time with Joey on 1080 The Fan. It's Joey Harrington, story time. Man, so many directions we can go this week with Joey. First of all, let me just ask you a basic one. How you doing, Joe? You, you just called me Joe. Yeah, Joe. It was a little awkward, I'm not going to lie. Joseph, J. Joseph. No, nobody called. Okay, so here's the story. So I walked into Matt Millen's office the first time, right? And he just drafted me, and, you know, Matt Millen is, you know, hard-ass kind of, you know, just crossing to the point. And he sits down. He's like, right. I sit down. And he's like, all right, I got to get this out of the way. What's, what's with the Joey? I was like, what, what do you mean? What's the, with the Joey? He's like, well, there's been, never been a good quarterback named Joey. It wasn't Joey Montana. It wasn't Joey Namath. He's like, I, I can't do it. I can't call you Joey. I was like, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, what do you, what do you expect me to do? That's my name. And he's like, well, well, what's your, what's your middle name? I was like, Joseph. He said, your name's Joey Joseph. I was like, no, my name is John Joseph. And he looked at me. He's like, John Joseph. I can call you that. <laughs> All right, John Joseph. And to this day, Matt Millen calls me John Joseph. Oh, cool. That's a, oh, yeah. what an odd stance for a coach to take. Like, it's, well, he was the GM. Well, yeah, the GM, not the coach, but it's a, it's a very yeah. odd, it's an odd thing. You have something against the name Joey. I like the name. Uh-huh. He wanted to call me. He wanted to call me Joe. I was like, I don't. I, you know, you can call me whatever you want, but I'm not a Joe. You know, that's just not me. Did uh, Did I read on the social media that you were at the Ducks Beavers game the other night? I was. Yeah, I was. How was that? It was a good tilt. It was. You know, it's interesting. Um, two things. <clears throat> two takeaways. 
one, that is an incredibly athletic Oregon team. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a shame what some of those injuries have done. Um, I was talking with with, um, Casey Jacobson was calling the game, um, and I was chatting with him afterwards. He's like, there's no reason that Arizona and UCLA and Oregon, every single year, they should be making the tournament. Um, But two, this was the first time that I've seen – you know, I had been back to Matthew Knight in a while. And there were a couple games real early on where the, you know, the, it was the newness factor and everybody was showing up. Um, and then, you know, it, then the attendance kind of fell and, you know, we're talking years ago, this was all, you know, pre COVID stuff. I was really happy to see the students showed up, you know, it, it wasn't like rocking and, and going crazy, but they were all there. The, the student section behind the basket was all full um, you know, they tarped off a few seats up, uh, up on the, um, the third level, but still, it, you know, for a Wednesday night, 8 PM tip, it was a pretty good showing. Okay. Well, I haven't ever been there. So, well, that's the last, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what, I know football is going to continue. I don't know what the basketball situation was, but in, I mean, in theory, that could be the last Oregon, Oregon state basketball game ever. I mean, I'm, have you seen anything if they're going to keep doing the, the other sports besides football? That's a good point. I, I hadn't thought about it. I, I know that they've extended at least for a couple years. You can play non-con. I mean, they, they've got. Yeah, I just, I, I would, ass- I, I would yeah. assume that because, that, you know, it, it allows for, for that sort of thing. But I, I don't know. I Honestly, I just, it popped in my head. I'm like, I don't know if I've seen anything else about any other teams playing besides football. That's an interesting point. That place will be rocking when Perdon't comes to town next year. It'll be cool. <laughs> well, I will say you're about to, you know, you can say what you want about football. Basketball is about to get a lot more interesting. I think that's a fair point. I think that's a fair point. Yeah, um, yeah I will be. I will be curious to see Oregon playing. Yeah, the the Purdue's and the Michigan, Ohio, the State, Indiana, the the Illinois. Yeah. You know, like to to <clears throat> you know see them. God. Where, I think Gary Williams is. Um, you think he could, you know, coach coach Maryland, get them rolling again? Gary Williams, dude, that's a blast from the past. Well, they're in the ACC though, aren't they? Maryland, no, Maryland's no, in the Big Ten. No, Maryland's in the Big Ten. Well, they used to be in the ACC. Yeah, they've been basketball. In the, they joined the Big Ten when Rutgers joined the Big Ten. Hey, you get that hot? Uh, what was was it? Mike Rice Jr. that was the coach at Rutgers that was hurling slurs and balls at everybody. <laughs> wasn't, that, wow. wasn't, wasn't that at Rutgers? Where he got canned because he was caught on tape. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that was Mike Rice Jr., if I'm yeah. not mistaken, the Wild Ones kid. I have a hot take, and you're not oh. going gonna to like this. Oh, because go. Well, you can't – I mean, Tinker Hatfield is wonderful. Oregon is wonderful. Yep. Everything's wonderful. Everything's great. Peaches, cream, roses, sunshine. However. <laughs> However. Is it time to change the court? <laughs> Somebody said that to me at the, at the game. That the tall uh, furs. I, I I can't do the court anymore. You have like a seizure. I just think they it's need odd. a new court. Yeah. Why? It's just. I see where you're going with this, and, and follow me. You know, sometimes they come out with like a new car, and you're like, "Oh man, that's futuristic," and it looks very cutting edge. And then in about four or five years, it doesn't look cutting edge. It just looks bad. And at the time, it was unique and it was different and it stood out. And not everything that is cutting edge uh, 
it ages well. And I, I, I liked the court when it first came out. I thought it was unique and different, but I'm, I'm kind of with Rob. I, I think it's aged like bread, not wine. Okay. You don't like it either. I can tell in your voice. Well, he doesn't want to criticize. No, 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 yeah, no. I just, like it. I just, I, I think before I speak, unlike some, <laughs> you know, offensive linemen. Um, so how would you then explain the NBA all-star game, essentially having a giant Tinker Hatfield drawing on the court in an led format during the entire, entire thing. Like well, I would make the argument that, that the that's an all-star of, game in Vegas. It's not a Wednesday night against the beeves in Eugene <laughs> and it's a one-off. Yeah. You know, look, so I'm you're all... saying you don't mind the idea of court graphics, no, but you no. think that it's that uh, on a constant basis, that's just too much. I, I only watch on TV, and every time I tune in, I'm like, Ugh. it's a lot. It hurts. It's, it, it's a lot. It hurts my rods and cones. <laughs> it's time for a redesign. That's yeah, all I'm that's saying. That's it. Like, just redesign, redesign it. it. You can Switch still, it up. You can still do the tall fur thing, but maybe just have it at the at the ends of the like. Just it's it's time for a refresh. I mean, Lord knows you got money. Yeah, Come exactly. On. Like your guys' uniforms, like. Oregon gets a lot of flack for the uniforms and there's been different variations, but they keep going and it evolves and it gets better. And right. you know, it's, it's, it changes. And I think it's time for the court to, to go by the way of some of the uniforms and, you know, put the O on the back of the helmet and do the, uh, the Omica. It's time to change to, to, to go from diamond plate to wings. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, I, I could buy that's, that argument. That's all you I, can, I can, you, I'm bagging with your moan. I got you. You can still have it unique. You can. <laughs> I like that. You can still have it unique. You can still have it be very, you know, Nike Oregon Tinker flavor. Just you know, maybe a little bit of a left here. Let's let's go down a different path. All right. Well, we're all in agreement there. Agreed. <laughs> all right. Uh, do you believe in any conspiracy theories? No. Um, specifically related to know, any, any uh, of them. What? Now, what I'm what I'm getting at here is the combine. All of a sudden, all these guys are whack jobs, and we've got one guy who doesn't believe in space, another guy <laughs> oh God. who's yeah, or planets. By the way, well, they're asking these guys all these weird questions. Like it's becoming bits now, yeah. where they're all getting up there and like I don't believe in. So one guy, what was he saying? Like pigeon recharging stations, and yeah, like, not, he doesn't believe in birds. I, yeah. What is yeah, going on? Like the power lines are like yes. pigeon recharging stations because you never actually yes. see baby pigeons. Right. And you know the answer to that is very simple, and that is that baby pigeons don't leave the nest until they're adults. Mm -hmm. So that's why you don't yeah. see baby well, pigeons. People don't want easy answers. God. People want wacko out of the box thinking. Were players this crazy when you were at the combine? Well, it's just different crazy. Oh. Um you know, it's like waking up at like two in the morning to swap your pee kind of crazy, you know, like that's, <laughs> that's the crazy that we dealt with. Not like, I don't actually believe in the solar system. crazy. <laughs> like those are two different kinds of crazy. Yeah. That's a, it's a valid point. You can have lots of crazy. What swapping pee is a valid point. Well, that too. I mean, I'm just saying like there's, there's varying forms of crazy and I, I'm with you. I played with my fair share of, of, of crazy and idiots but I don't know if I ever had anyone that said that birds weren't real or that he didn't believe in uh, he didn't believe in planets. You know, that's a that's a bold statement. I'm trying to think of the most off kilter. Like, give me until the next. I'm going to think through the through the commercial break once we once we get okay. there about um, like the weirdest. A conspiracy theory that I ran across in the league. It wasn't a conspiracy theory, but I do remember 
and when I was at the combine, I believe it was Albert Hainsworth, the Tennessee defensive oh tackle. And we were sitting down doing one of like the, uh, the aptitude tests, you know, and it was, it was a bunch of questions. It was like a hundred plus questions and it was for the giants. <laughs> no, there were not a hundred. There were 500. Yeah. It was like, it was ridiculous. It was a 500 question right? psychological evaluation. Yeah. One of the questions being, do you enjoy beating animals? I will never forget <laughs> that. Oh God. Right. Do you yeah. get pleasure from beating animals. I guess there are probably some guys that are like, hell yeah. <laughs> Who answers that though? I mean, even if you do enjoy beating animals, no, I you're think like, there are guys that yes. Well, you remember the Mike Vick thing? Like yeah. Mike Vick didn't even understand that that was wrong. I would assume though that you don't put that on the test. You lie about that, but well, no, I don't think they understand. They're like, yeah, I beat my dog all the time. Let's go. But it was it was Albert Hainsworth, and we're in the middle of that. Not even in the middle of it. Like a few minutes in, and I was like. I just remember it being a slog, being like, what the hell is this thing? And Albert stands up, and there's like 15 of us taking this thing. And the little Giants thing, remember they gave you like a sweatshirt or whatever? They gave you like a swag. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) I was like, I guess we're here. And Albert Ainsworth stands up and goes, wait a minute. Where the F are you guys drafting? And the Giants guy's like, I don't know, like 18? And he goes, man, F your test. I'm going to be here anyways. (laughs) crumples it up, throws it in the trash, and is like, F you, I'm out of here, and just starts walking out. And I was like, holy crap, you can do that? And I thought, like, they were going to yell and whatever. They're like, no, Albert, Albert, here, take They gave him a bunch of giant swag. They gave him, like, all this stuff. And Haynes was like, yeah, whatever. He took it and just walked out, and I was like, that guy's my hero. And then I sat down and completed the questions because shut up and take the test. (laughs) But I just, I'll never forget that. Wait. What are you motherfuckers drafting? ATI, I'm not going to be there. F you. <laughs> they, they they would not draft you if you didn't take that that personality test. No, Albert didn't care. <laughs> yeah. And I think he did. I think Albert he went like 12. No, he yeah. was a he was a terrifying individual. So Roma Dunze was asked if he could land a plane in an emergency. Oh. And uh, rather refreshingly, he said, no chance. All souls uh, perish. <laughs> I like that. Could you Honestly. land a plane in an emergency? No, I mean, no. <laughs> you sure? I, I'm trying to think, like, why would somebody think, I mean, you've got, like, you know, you got the sticks, you got your little, you know, your steering wheel thing. I mean, sure, could, like, could you steer it? Like, I have, okay, so um, another story. So we were on, um, this was after the, I had always, I was already done playing college football, and that was when uh, it was during the uh, NCAA basketball tournament. And Oregon was playing the Sweet 16 in Wisconsin in Madison, okay. and long I w- that was when I was doing the you know the, we'd started the pit crew and you know wearing wigs and like you know all sorts of fun stuff to the games. So um, I'm full. They was a seat on a jet going back. And some alums, you know, asked like, "Ah, oh, you want to fly back with us? And I was like, yeah, sure. I, was, I just have to be back at a certain time, you know, if I got something going. And they're like, yeah, no problem. The jet is flying back. And so it can just take you back to Eugene. I was like, that's how this works? Like, okay, cool. So I flew with these people over to the game. We beat Texas and then ended up to, to advance to play Kansas in the yeah. next round. So I'm flying back. It's just me and the pilots. And I'm just kind of sitting there, you know, like twiddling my thumbs, like, holy cow, like, what the hell is going on? Like, it's just me on this airplane. And so I kind of like walk up to the cockpit. I was like, hey, guys, what's going on? You know, like, you want to talk to me? Like, hey, can, 
can we talk? Like, let's go, you know, we're an hour and a half into this thing and I'm bored out of my mind. And he's like, yeah, uh, you know, we start chatting. And I was like, yeah, man, I've always, I've been really curious about flying a plane. I'd love to get my pilot's license. He's like, oh, cool. Sit down. I was like, sit down where? He's like, as he's standing up, <laughs> you know, the, this is the co-pilot. And he's like, stands up out of it. He's like, yeah, yeah, sit down. I was like, in the, in the cockpit? Yeah. Okay. So I, you know, weasel my way in there and he's like, oh yeah, it's all on autopilot anyway. So, you know, the, and the main pilot is sitting there and so I'm, you know, kind of weasel my way in and I'm looking at all these dials and it's like, you know, your tilt and your angle and your all sorts of things and dials are spinning and numbers flashing. And the guy says, okay, now grab the sticks, you know, and on your right thumb, you push that button and it'll take you off of autopilot. And I was, and I and I kind of looked over. I was like, "We're at forty two thousand feet," mm. and so button click. I was like, "All right." And sure enough, like the nose starts to fall down, you know. And I'm like pointing down. I'm, you know, I was like, "Oh look, there's Billings, Montana." You know, I was like, "All right, now let's pull it back up." And okay, good. And now let's turn to the left. And so I'm like steering this thing like up and down and left and right. And they said, "Now if you take your thumb off the button, it'll just auto," you know. And so I took the thumb off the button, and it just like like right back onto you know onto the whatever program they had it tracked on. So. um I could tilt the plane in the proper direction, but all those other things, like how the hell would you stop? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I that's the biggest part, honestly, is the stopping. Flying's like, easy. Stopping? Yeah. yeah like, we'll hit like the brake. It's like driving a car. Just like <laughs> yeah, push to the right the and push to the pull left. It, pull the e-brake. Uh, yeah, and up and down. Like the only the other thing too is you, like you don't tilt your car's nose down to the ground right that's the you know, that's the other directional thing but like how once you hit the ground how do you stop well maybe you slide off the runway and yeah i don't know how that works I, I think you just yeah. slow down and then roll out of the plane try to try to shoulder roll bail on it well maybe somebody talks oh, you no, through the it. river you just fly into portland oh, and then you just like hit the 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 uh the runway and then you just <laughs> coast to make sure like your nose is up a little mm. bit so you pull a, a captain what's the uh Sully. what's the Yes, yeah. you Sully, pull a Sully, Sully. And you drop it into the Columbia River, and that's how everybody survives. So yes, I could land a plane and survive. Have the passenger survive? Yeah, you could do it. I, I know it. I believe in you. You're the type. You're the Sully Sullenberger hero, right. hero, heroic type. All right, uh, think about that question about uh, the strangest conspiracy theory from when you played. But also, I want to get your opinion on. Uh, the 12 team now uh, suddenly a 14 team <laughs> soon to be 16 team playoff with all big 10 and sec teams uh, next with our friend joey harrington here on 1080 the fan story time with joey on 1080 the fan all right we're back with joey harrington here on 1080 the fan uh, did you think of the strangest conspiracy theory that uh that that guys were talking about when you played because i feel like it's gotten weirder over the years no, I couldn't. I tried. Yeah, they're getting weirder, man. It's just this pigeon thing is like, yeah, what? Again, the more information that's out there, you think it makes you smarter. It doesn't. It makes you dumber. Because now you can, whatever stupid idea you've ever conjured up, someone has written a 10-page article or put out a YouTube video that is like, well, it's like the one dude that was like, that talked about the, the flat earth. He's like, well, I saw something about flat earth and it made sense to me and you know, people are very, uh, they're easily persuaded. 
And there's so much information out there that we're persuaded to dumber and dumber things. I can't think of anything. So there's no, you don't believe in any conspiracy theories at all? Oh, me? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. Like, what would be considered a conspiracy theory that I might believe in? Well, like JFK is the, you know, JFK, like the moon lone landing, shooter, lone shooter, one shooter, yeah, or the, how many people, sh- you know, well, vaccines are a big one right now. Yeah, for did people. you get the jab? Did you get the jab, Joey? Actually, just a couple of days ago, I got uh, my update. Yeah. Nah, that's 5G, dude. <laughs> They're tracking uh, you right now. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's, let's move on. Yeah. The 14 team, well, it's a 12 team playoff, but now they've already. They've already turned it into a 14-team playoff in two years. Only one. Has that been confirmed? No, but it's going to happen because the Big Ten and the SEC want it. Yeah, I mean they, you know, they have all the leverage. So here's my only question: Do you think we ever get to a place where college football's postseason is just settled and it stays in place like the NCAA tournament? But the NCAA tournament isn't staying in place. Well, but you know what I mean. Like, it's a great postseason, and I know they've tweaked it, but it's, you know, the format is is what it is. It's been that way for years, and we love it. Do we ever get that with college football, or is it just going to keep changing until we die in a plane crash? Um, that I was flying. That you were. Um, <laughs> that you tried to set us down on the Columbia, and it failed. <laughs> You're no Sully Sullenberger. Um, here's what I think has to happen first is you have to somehow have an established set of rules for college football, right? That's, that's the issue. Why do they keep changing it? Because the money is there. Why do they, you know, and, and the TV contracts and the conference realignment and now 12 to 14, like you said, is because the big 10 and the sec want more teams. Why do they want more teams? Because they get more money. Like it's, it's, it's all, it's all screwed up. So like we've talked about, until you have some sort of rules for NIL and transfer portal and conference realignment and, you know, what, what this whole thing looks like, you're not going to be able to have a consistent postseason anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think we will at some point end up with an NFL-type postseason um, in the same way that we're going to end up with an NFL type, you know, college football is essentially just going to be minor league football. Um, well, but they have you... to they have to establish that before you can before you can commit to a playoff format. I don't know if you've seen this today. You, you probably haven't. It came out just a, a little bit ago. But the NCAA gave up on the uh, NIL. They said that uh, in response to the Tennessee lawsuit, uh, was it Tennessee and Virginia? The NCAA said officially moving forward, all investigations into NIL third party will be paused and no new ones will begin. They they quit. They So now any NIL is basically, it's Thunderdome. It's a free-for-all. The NCAA laid down today and said we can enforce it and said something like this is why uh, you know, the NCAA has to come up with something in a boardroom. It can't, they're admitting that they, they will lose in court. So that was, I, you know, <laughs> you basically can do whatever you want, pay for play, uh, incentives, all that stuff that was originally not supposed to be part of NIL. All of that stuff now is, is legal because no one can enforce it. Here's 
the thing that I aren't. So explain to me the what is behind this Tennessee lawsuit? Like I thought there was. I, well, I'll leave it at that. Go ahead. So the Tennessee lawsuit was. They said that Tennessee. Uh, they had they had broken the 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 NIL rules and that they were the third party people were getting involved with the university and they were basically doing pay for play which everyone's been doing like hey if you you come here we're giving you X Y Z and a lot of it was around that that Nico the quarterback kid that supposedly got seven million dollars right. and it was broken up into each year and there were incentives and so they said this is not what NIL is and they were investigating Tennessee and Tennessee said, screw you. This is what everyone's doing. You have no right to enforce this. They sued the NCAA to basically say they can do what they want. And the judge put an injunction on it and the NCAA just basically folded and said, you're right. We can investigate this. So there's no more investigation into Tennessee and we're not starting any new ones. So basically if you're a collective now, there's nothing stopping you from working with the university. There's nothing stopping you from doing pay for play. There's nothing stopping you from buying kids to go to campus. There's nothing stopping you from put, putting incentive laden, basically contracts in front of kids. There's just, there's nothing. I mean, this was kind of the, the NCAA got their well, ass kicked. Okay. Which, which I'm fine with what I'm, what I want to make sure happens though, going forward is that these kids, and I will say kids, because they're still 17, just turning 18, when, when this starts to happen, that they're protected, right? Because how many, you know, the... Go ahead. How many kids are, I was just trying to think of, are promised something. Yeah. Here's, you know, if you come here, here's what, what you're going to get. And they show up and they either don't perform and they're, you know, or whatever the reason, they don't get what they have been promised. Yeah, it happens. Right. All, it's already I'm, happening in Florida and Miami. Remember that was that was a whole thing. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So whether it's whether it's capping, or you know, getting everybody on the same level playing field, salary cap, however it works, and on the backs, the flip side is making sure that what is promised is delivered. There needs to be some sort of like that. That's why I said this is going to be an. It's just going to be minor league football. That's all it's going to be. Is you're going to be able to make money. Um, you know, the moment you leave high school. Um, so, yeah, good that they lost. Maybe it forces them to get some sort of yeah. financial structure in place as opposed to trying to, like, hang on to what used to be or fix what used to exist. And they did say that in one of the statements. Uh, one of the, the NCAA's attorneys, um, I, I'd have to look it up, he, he did say something along the line of this is why uh, rules need to be made in an NCAA uh, boardroom and not a courtroom. They're basically saying they can't win in a court of law at this point. Right. Nor so, should they. So now all the teams join the Big Ten and the SEC? And we... Well, we... The, the, it's, it's, it's going to be moot. I mean, it's... I don't know how how you end up doing it. I mean, it's AFC, NFC, it's Big Ten, SEC. I don't know how... However you decide to do it, it doesn't matter to me at this point. Like, it, it's, it literally is so – like, the rivalries are gone. The conferences are gone. The, the regions are gone. Like, all the stuff that made college football what it once was, it's all, it's all gone, yeah. right? So adapt, figure it out, let's move on. This is from one of the NCAA board of directors. Just it, Tell me if this is not just the most capitulating statement of all time. 
I realize even pausing NIA-related enforcement while these other bylaws are upheld by the injunction will raise significant questions on campuses. This is precisely why D1 meeting rooms, not a courtroom, is the best place to change NCAA policies. This is the only practical response to the injunction and lawsuit at this time. We hope attorneys will work with us to clarify the next steps. I mean, they are just saying, we just got our asses handed to us and there is nothing we can do. Stupid. I mean, it's... It's kind of crazy that a bunch of rich boosters from Tennessee, the NCAA said, we're investigating you. And they said, no, you're not. I mean, well, if, it not. Wasn't, if it wasn't them, it was it would have been someone, someone else. else. Yeah. Just... Well, I mean, Michigan tried and Michigan went like we keep seeing schools kind of threatening to do this. And Tennessee finally was like, no, mm. we'll just sue you. Mm. And they got the attorney general on board. The entire state sued. Did you dump your DeBella Timbers jersey? I know you're a big Timbers guy. You got to dump it now. I, I didn't have a I didn't have a jersey. Oh, all right, good yeah. good deal. I'm not a, I'm I'm not a I'm not a jersey guy. Me neither. Um, you a you scarf know. guy? Oh, oh, I'm a scarf guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You 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 better believe it. I'll see you there. On, am, I'll uh, see you there on Saturday. Ooh, I'll be there Saturday. Yeah. I will. All right, my friend. You have a wonderful weekend. I will. You have a wonderful weekend too. Love you. Love you, buddy. Bye. Joey Hamilton brought to you by Max PDX. The future of building is here. The club is next on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.